Hi, everybody. This is Jay. And this is Mark. And we'd like to welcome you to Backstage Pass. Each week, we take you behind the magic and inside Disney history, pulling back the curtains and letting you see the Disney magic and history up close. With an eclectic mix of entertaining topics, humor, and tons of information and details, we want to keep you learning and smiling. So for this week, here is your Backstage Pass. Once again, Malta Mill presents Backstage Pass Theater, The Great Disney Train Robbery, Part 2. In this week's concluding episode, Mark and Jay were traveling around the magic kingdom of Disney World aboard the Raja E. Brogy, when the notorious Hugh Neversall and his gang hijacked the train and sent it off on a secret track they had built. Hurtling through the woods, our heroes have started to make plans to stop Neversall from stealing the entire train. (laughs) I like riding on the train. Hey, hey, don't make me come back there. Ah, what a beautiful day for a train ride, no? Sit quietly and no one will get hurt. We'll be at our destination in just a little while, so sit back and enjoy the scenery. That guy is really ticking me off. Come on now. We need to think about what else we know about the trains. Then we can make a plan to stop him. Right. While the Disneyland Railroad was scaled down to 5 8 size, the Magic Kingdom Railroad at Disney World would have the benefit of size. The 43 square miles of land purchased by Walt Disney meant that the park could be much larger, and it wouldn't even need the required Disneyland berm, except at the park entrance. The Imagineers decided that they wanted to keep the entrance concept of Disneyland, with guests walking under the train station to get into the park. This would require a fairly steep ascent from Tomorrowland. Shortly before his death in 1966, Walt Disney personally authorized the construction of the Walt Disney World Railroad for the new theme park he was building in Florida. Roger Brogy was again placed in charge of the railroad design team. It was decided that since the engines could be larger, it would be much less of a hassle to refurbish existing trains than trying to build them from scratch. He began to make calls inquiring about steam trains, trains with at least six drive wheels needed to get the fully loaded trains up the Tomorrowland grade. He got a tip that United Railways in the Yucatan Peninsula was changing its trains from steam to diesel-electric. An article on Mouse Planet said the first two engines selected turned out to be twins. Engine 274 and 275 were both 10-wheelers. It turned out they were actually built back-to-back by Baldwin Locomotive in 1925. The third engine selected was number 260. It too was originally built by Baldwin, but three years later in 1928. Lacking any better options, the fourth engine selected was a 440. It lacked the number of drive wheels that Brogy was looking for, but the Mexican railroaders assured him that engine 251 was a good performer. All four engines were originally designed to burn wood, hardwood being an abundantly available fuel on the Yucatan. The engines and some spare parts that Brogy found laying around were shipped to the Tampa Ship Repair and Dry Dock Company. It was this Tampa shipyard that was given the contract to rebuild the engines, as the Disney folks attempted to get as much of the Walt Disney World project as possible done by Florida-based companies. Incidentally, the Mexican government originally opposed the idea of Disney buying its railroad technology. In fact, a law in the books forbade the export of the equipment. 
However, since the engines were originally built in Pennsylvania and were imported to Mexico, it was found that the law did not apply and permission was granted to buy and move the equipment to Florida. Once the engines arrived at the Tampa shipyard, the real work began. The boilers had to be replaced along with all of the piping, and the fireboxes were reconfigured to handle oil fuel. The boiler domes and the bells were salvaged, but the cabs were completely replaced. The original wood ones were rotten and couldn't be salvaged. The cylinder pistons had to be rebuilt too. Not surprisingly, the tenders, which carry the water for steam making and the fuel, had to be stripped down to the trucks or wheels and were completely rebuilt from there up. The rolling stock itself, the cars in which the passengers would sit, were newly built by the shipyard. Upon inspection in Tampa, the frame of engine 260, the last selected train, was found to be cracked. Willard Overstreet, a journeyman welder, took on the challenge and did such a great job welding the cracked frame that it has never been a problem in the almost 35 years that the Royo Disney has been in operation. The Walter E. Disney, Lily Bell, and Roger E. Brogy, all with bright brass work, their almost new tenders and gorgeous passenger cars were all on the rails on opening day, October 1st, 1971. The Royo Disney, partly due to the frame crack and other problems that slowed her restoration, joined her sisters on the Walt Disney World Railroad in December of the same year. The Roger E. Brogy has what is known as a diamond stack, so named for the shape fashioned at the top of the exhaust stack. Very early in the evolution of steam locomotion, it was discovered that smoke was not the only thing exiting the exhaust stack. Red-hot cinders, particularly adept at setting the countryside ablaze, would also blow out. In order to appease angry farmers and townspeople affected by these rolling firestorms, these large stacks were designed with an internal array of baffles and screen that would allow smoke to pour from the stack, but keep the cinders trapped within. In 1995, Southern California Railroad enthusiast Bill Norred traded his 1927 Davenport locomotive to Disneyland in exchange for the five retired Retlaw One coaches. The locomotive was instead sent to Walt Disney World after deemed too large to operate in California and was dedicated as number five Ward Kimball. Unfortunately, the locomotive never pulled a public train on the Walt Disney World Railroad as it was found to be far too small for operation. It was displayed at Epcot during Black History Month in 1996 and later returned to the Walt Disney World Engine House. It was traded in 1999 to Cedar Point for a smaller Forney locomotive which was restored and is now Disneyland Railroad No. 5, Ward Kimball. Research for the designs of the Disneyland Paris trains led Imagineers to the Henry Ford Museum in Michigan and the California Railroad Museum in Sacramento. Enthusiasts love the authentic details, from the authentic train whistles to the serial numbers on the engine sides. Some of the serial numbers are actually birth dates of some of the Imagineers. The trains at Disneyland Paris include the George Washington, decorated in red, white, and blue. The cars on this train are all named after stages of Washington's life, the Mount Vernon, Boston, Philadelphia, Yorktown, and Valley Forge. The CK Holiday train was named for the founder of the Santa Fe Railroad. The train is really from the East Coast and would bring vacationers to resorts at the turn of the century. Thus, the cars are named for these fun destinations, Coney Island, Atlantic City, Long Island, and Niagara Falls. The WF Cody train is named after the given name of Buffalo Bill. It has antlers on the smokestack and a painted picture of a moose. The cars are named after areas of the Old West, including Silverton, Durango, Denver, Wichita, and Cheyenne.
All right, Jay. Now we know about the trains. It's time to act on that information. We need to stop Neversol. Right. Uh, what was the plan? Obviously, he's got his goons on every car, and we're here in the last car. We need to get to the engine. Well, you just can't walk up there unless... The roof. Right. You distract our genius there, and I'll slip out the back and onto the roof, and I'll get to the engine. All right. Let's go. Uh, hey, pal. Uh, I think my appendicitis is acting up. Oh! <laughs> you keep your appendages to yourself, huh? And, and, and sit down. Jeez. He's not even bright enough for that to work. Hey! Hey, uh, wh what did you say? Oh, look! Tinkerbell! Hey! Where? Here! Ah, oh! <sighs> I guess that really does work. Now to help Mark. Almost there. It's really hard to balance on these roofs. There's the engine. And there's Hugh Neversol. White suit, cane, Panama hat with a Walt mustache. Looks just like he is a Disney imitation. I need to get down there. Now! Huh? Neversol, this ride is over. Ah! My old friend Mark from the Backstage Puss. It's Pass. Backstage Pass. <laughs> Whatever. Don't you know by now that you can't defeat me? We'll see about that, pal. Mark! Jay, watch out for that cane! Ow! 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 Oh! A silver opening day Disneyland ticket. Whoops! There it goes! Hey! Hey, you can't just throw the- Go get it, Ow. sucker! Oh. Hey, don't do that to my friend. Uh, oh. Uh. Uh. Mark! Mark, help! It's okay, I, I gotcha. Uh. Man, I thought I was a goner. Oh, come on, let's get this train stopped. Hey, look, Neversol's thugs are hightailing it into the woods. Hey, we did it! We saved the train! What the? A frog in my pants. That's just lovely. Alright, you win this time, backstage puss. But I warn you, I will be back. So, friends, Jay and Mark have saved the train and they have saved the day. Tune in next time as Malta Meal presents another thrilling presentation of Backstage Pass Theater. If you would like to check out our source information for this topic or have questions or comments, please join us on the Inside the Magic forums. We love to hear from you. This is Jay. And this is Mark saying we'll see you next time Backstage. <laughs>